My handle is Jonathan Blade. Welcome to my podcast. Today on a very special episode of My Handle is Jonathan Blade, I'll be talking about the 2020 film Sonic the Hedgehog. I have a long history with this character. The first time I saw Sonic was soon after it was launched, actually. Uh, I was visiting family, and my cousin was holed up in his room uh, with the, at the time, brand new Sega Genesis and Sonic the Hedgehog. So I watched him play for a bit, and I was like, ha ha ha, what a nerd. And then I proceeded to avoid extended family for the next few hours playing Sonic the Hedgehog. The cutting-edge beauty of the game just, it just had me. Now, the Sonics were never my favorite games. The coding was impressive. I mean, the graphics were amazing for the time, and they were fun for the first few levels, but for pretty much every Sonic game after the first three or four levels, the difficulty spiked into space. I don't think I've ever finished an old-school Sonic game. Now, I became a fan of the developers, Sonic Team, and in the Sega Saturn era, I played uh, most of Sonic Team's games. I was a big fan. Burning Rangers, I was a huge fan. Uh, Sonic Jam, with their just hub level for uh, Sonic World, awesome. Love that stuff. And then I was I continued to be one of their fans of the Dreamcast era, so I played their two big Sonic games of the Dreamcast era. Both of those were eh as far as games, but the, uh, the Sonic levels in those games were also kind of awesome. They were on the rails, kind of... Um, uh, click this button and Sonic does stuff without you doing much kind of games, but I really enjoyed those. And if things hadn't changed in my life, that's probably pretty much where my history with Sonic would have ended, but it didn't. And today, my special guest can probably tell you uh, what my continuation of my Sonic experience was, because he's my conduit into the Sonic past that era. But I'll let him share his own experiences with the character, but I'll only say that the first digital media that I ever uh, put on one of my smartphones or on his tablets was for him, and it was the Sonic Anime. Uh, so with that, welcome my son, YouTuber, Sora Builds. Hello welcome everyone. Show. Thank you. Hey. Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, you haven't been on the show since um, we talked about, what was that movie, Buckaroo Bonsai? Something like that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that tremendously. But can you tell me, in your own words, uh, what your history with the uh, the character uh, Sonic is? Like, when did you first become a fan of Sonic? Do you remember becoming a fan of Sonic? And, uh, you know, some of your favorite games in the Sonic franchise? Whether you've actually finished any games of the Sonic franchise? I remember first being introduced to Sonic. I forgot why this happened, but you pulled out your old um, Sega Genesis from your game collection. And you had um, the Sonic collection, which had Sonic 1, 2, and 3. And I played 2, and I sucked at it, but I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the character, how he was fast and full of angst and edge and stuff. I thought it was cool. What about some of the, uh, the later games? Because you played some of the, uh, the, the Wii games. Uh, what did you think of the Dreamcast ones? They were eh. The Sonic levels were pretty cool, but there were like a bunch of other levels for other characters, and those weren't very fun. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. Like, uh, I haven't done it in a while, but when I pull out the Dreamcast to, to play that stuff, I, I only play the Sonic levels. The Tails mech levels are not... Was it Tails that had the mech, or did he have the uh, little airplane? Or was that two uh, different no. games? 
Uh, Tails had the mech, and then Knuckles had this treasure hunt thing. It wasn't very fun. Yeah, it was Knuckles and Rouge had the treasure hunt thing, and that was kind of awful, yeah. Uh, what'd you think of the the Wii games? The Wii games were eh. Sonic Colors was pretty good. Sonic and the Secret Rings was, like, bad. No, my, um, my favorite Sonic game is probably Sonic 2. Yeah, Sonic 2 is great, but it, it, it suffers from that thing that uh, I talked about where... Sonic 2 kind of falls off a cliff in difficulty. Like, I can get fairly far in the game, yeah. there's a certain level after which... Uh, the, the, the design problem with the Sonic games is that they're super fun and fast for the first, you know, three, four levels, and then has, like, a bunch of deadfalls and spikes and stuff that keep you from going fast, which kind of defeats... I didn't... I never really got the difficulty spike. Well, like, when I was, like, seven or something, I couldn't get past the first level. But then when I actually, like, started getting good at video games, the game wasn't very hard for me until, like, the last level. Because, um, the second-to-last level final boss is really cheap, and I could never beat it unless I... Yeah, on Sonic 2. The, um, the second-to-final boss, or the second-to-final level Link Link Fortress Zone, has, like, a bunch of deadfalls everywhere. There are moving platforms, it's really cheap, and the final boss is also really cheap. I've actually never beaten Sonic 2 without getting the Chaos Emeralds. Because once I get to that final level, I just can't get any farther. Yeah, I think they kind of make it that hard on purpose. That's kind of sketchy game design, but it, I mean, it is what it is. They're still fantastic, like, tech demos for their systems, and they're a lot of fun to play. The controller input's usually pretty tight, and the level design can be kind of awesome until you get to those places like you're talking about where it, it becomes cheap. Yeah. The cheapest thing I remember is this one level in Mystic Cave Zone, like, the sixth or seventh level where even if you get supersonic, it's really cheap. There's like this bottomless pit that's just a pit of spikes. It goes down really far. So basically, if you fall in there with regular sonic, you die. But if you fall in there with supersonic, you can't get out. You can't jump out at all. You're just stuck there until your rings run out. Oh, that's in the, uh, the, the cave level. Yeah, it's all kinds of not fun. I fell into there like several times. <laughs> so... All kinds of not fun. Speaking of Sonic experiences, you actually have a, a Sonic experience that I, I don't have because in my time with Sonic, the only thing that existed was the Sonic anime, which I remember as being pretty cool. I don't know how well you remember that, although you used to watch it all the time. Yeah, I remember but, it. Uh, the OVA. Yeah, the OVA. But you have experience with the actual cartoon series, the Julia White, uh, I think there were three cartoon series, actually. Yeah, there were three of them. Did you have a favorite? Yeah, the, um, so the Sonic Sad AM one was actually kind of decent. The other two were just bad. Is that Sonic X? Uh, no, Sonic X was, like, the other end. There are two Sonic animes. One was, um, made by the people who dubbed Ava. The other one was made by some other company. Sonic X was one of them. Sonic OVA was the other one. They're both eh. But the three Sonic cartoons that were made in America, only one of them were good. The others were, uh, very slapsticky. Which one like was the, the kind of uh, thing a six-year-old would watch. Was it Sonic Underground that was the edgy one? Uh, Sonic Underground was the edgy one. Sonic Set AM was also kind of edgy, but it was also, like... It was tolerable. Like, if I showed it to you now, you wouldn't think it's, like, the best thing on the planet, but it wouldn't be annoying. It would be... Alright. It would. It's, at the very least, enjoyable. The other ones are not good. They're, like, annoying to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen, well, any of those, really. I, I think I've, I've seen maybe a clip or two from the um, 
the American Sonic cartoons. Uh, my impression of, of Sonic as an animated character, you know, as I said before, comes from the Sonic OVA, but also from just that, that video at the beginning of Sonic CD. You know, no dialogue, but that represents yeah. to me the, the ultimate form of what a Sonic cartoon should be. I don't know if, if any of the animated, uh, other animated features with Sonic achieve what's achieved in those, uh, that one or two minutes of, uh, of animation. Probably because no dialogue. When you try to, to, uh, give dialogue to a character like that, because of the audience that it's trying to attract, it, it becomes something that is unappealing to me. Like that Jaleel White voice that they had for Sonic for so many years is... That was really annoying. Yeah. And it, it's purposely so. It's supposed to be annoying, I, I think. I think it's supposed to be something that, uh, kids find appealing. But it just wasn't terribly appealing to me. But with that said, you know, Sonic has been around for a long, long time. It has a storied history. It's been a huge marketing boon for uh, Sega, even when their their games weren't making lots and lots of money. I imagine that Sonic still made lots and lots of money for them uh, in the interim time. Uh, you know, birthday pretty party sure stuff. It was, um, pretty sure it was um, the... Um... The number one selling game on the Genesis. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was the pack-in, so that, that's always the case. The pack-in game is always the number one selling game, or, or almost always the number one selling game on, on uh, consoles. And then, you know, you have something like, even before this Sonic movie, uh, you have a cousin who's a huge Sonic fan, and does, it, does that come from your influence, or does that come just because Sonic is part of the culture? I'm not really sure. I think I was probably the one who introduced him to Sonic. But he probably got his love for Sonic from outside sources. Yeah, but still very cool regardless, I think. So, I uh, assigned you a, a project of, of watching 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which is something that I was excited for, but only because you were such a huge Sonic fan as a child. You were the kind of kid, which is, I'm, I think, a lot of kids that would run around as fast as they could sing, I'm fast like Sonic. You know, with that kind of uh, cachet in the headspace of, uh, of American children in the time that you came up, and I feel like I feel like I could not have missed this movie. So I'm glad to have seen it, but, and I have some opinions on the movie, but we'll start with you. What did you think of Sonic the Hedgehog? It is a turn-off-your-brain-style movie, like Fast and Furious and John Wick. It's really stupid, but it's it's still kind of enjoyable. So you had fun with it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I could definitely see that interpretation, and the interpretation that you have is, uh, the opinion that you have is one that's held by, it seems, a majority of critics. They appreciated it as a fun children's uh, turn-off-your-brain movie. I will say, the character of Sonic in this movie was really annoying. He was like an eight-year-old, like on crack or something. He yeah, kind of, his antics got like obnoxious. Is the general interpretation of Sonic and how he is? Not really. His personality shifts from like medium to medium. So like in the two animes and how he's presented, and on the classic games, according to the game creators, is more or less just like a chill guy who likes action and stuff. And then in the, um, in the American cartoons, he was like this edgy, angsty, radical dude. And um, 
Yeah. His personality just kind of shifts as um as the culture and the time evolves between the different regions that he's popular in. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, in going into this, uh, I, I've heard lots and lots of reviews of it at this point because it's been out for a while. And one of the reviews, who seemed to be contrary to a lot of other people, was Bob Chipman, who is, is one of my movie guys. He's one of my go-to movie guys. I, I agree with Bob Chipman really not terribly often these days, but I always respect his opinion, and I enjoy listening to his opinion. And he hated Sonic the Hedgehog. He hated it. He said it was cynical, and it was uh, kind of paint-by-numbers kids movie where you couldn't really feel anything other than a corporate push to get this character on the screen. And he was kind of flabbergasted that it had done so well with the viewing audience. I was thinking he felt that way because he's a huge Nintendo fan. He's actually written a couple books about Nintendo stuff. He wrote a, uh, an instructional on how to play Mario following his playthrough of Mario and talking about his life called uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 Brick by Brick or something, in addition to some other books. But yeah, dude's a huge Nintendo fan. He didn't really ha hold me, uh, Sega didn't hold me sway in his early years. So I was like, that's why Mo Movie Bob didn't like this movie. And then I watched it. And, uh, man, I, I, I think I agree with Movie Bob. It's a children's movie, which is already not my bag. Like, it's a children's children's movie. It's not like a family movie. It's not like, um, like a Pixar film or a DreamWorks film where there's something in there to, um, consciously something in there to entertain the whole audience. This is aimed squarely at the specific demographic, I think. And so that takes points away already, but it was something I was expecting. But it's also like a paint by num like a Hallmark movie. It's weird. It's like they had a script for something, and they were like, you know what? Instead of making a script for a Sonic movie, let's put Sonic in this script for this movie that we already have. Like that feeling is is like all throughout the movie for me. It's kind of like a '90s movie in the way it moves, and like the the characters are like really plastic and they're like template characters they weren't super convincing acting against the green screen for me and I don't blame the the tech the tech seems fine like Sonic looks weightless in some scenes and that could have I like I can think of how that could have been done better but mostly I was satisfied with the uh, the CGI but yeah it's kind of like like got this Hallmark movie thing going on where it's a celebration of, of like small town comforts and and found family, but like I can think of a jillion other movies that actually do that better because that's more the focus. I guess the focus here is this road trip thing, but it all happens so quickly and you're wondering where this relationship came from. It, it's like a 90s movie. It's like uh, I, I, can, I can imagine the trailer for this movie in my mind is like, Tom Wachowski had the perfect life. A good job, friends, neighbor, and a beautiful, loving wife. And it could only get better. You got a job in San Francisco. Or could it get weirder? That that is the feeling that I got watching this movie. It was it was that kind of movie. Um, like while I was watching it, I was like, I guess this is what this is. But as I thought about it after the movie, I was like, man, that is that's a little bit off-putting. I think I don't like this movie. And 
you know, Sonic itself, Sonic being a hyperactive kid was fine. He was a kid, but why, why was he a kid? Why was he a kid in this situation? Why was this a Sonic movie? Like, where's Mobius? And why did, why create this owl character? Like, the setup was so random. Why set up the character that way? It was just a, a way to get Sonic into the movie, but I didn't understand why they went with that. That has no, it has no re relation to the canon or the character. So, um... What did you think of the beginning guess, of the movie? I guess the reason why they made the movie the way it was... Was, um, they didn't want to um, directly copy... Like, pretty much every other medium that Sonic is in. Since in the Sonic anime, he was from Mobius. And he got transported to Earth. Via, I forgot, like... Uh, Chaos Emeralds or something. I guess they didn't want to do that again. Since that's been done a lot. So they wanted to do this kind of unique thing. I don't know, maybe it would have been too expensive or something? I doubt it would have been expensive. They probably just didn't want to rehash the same story again. I guess. Which honestly, guess, people they... probably would have... People probably would have liked that more, actually, if they had just done that, but... Eh. I feel like I would have liked it more. Uh, I mean, evidently the audience liked it as is, so that, that particular story template works for a lot of people. But it's so basic, it's just, um, yeah, like, the, uh, the, the, the big budget, big concept. I, I would like to have seen something that took place uh, wholly on Mobius. The, uh, the Earth stuff is fine. Maybe for a second movie, some kind of integration. But I guess you feel like they have to, feel like they have to integrate Robotnik and, and things of that nature. Speaking of Robotnik... The thing is, is that Robotnik is also from Mobius. They didn't have to make him from Earth, that's the thing. So it yeah. was all kind of just unnecessary. J Jim Carrey is doing something, like, from a whole different movie in this movie. Like, I saw that one of the big things that people were celebrating for the movie is that uh, Jim Carrey was, like, old-school Jim Carrey zany. He was doing, like, a, a crazy pants off the wall to uber Jim Carrey performance, but, and I, I don't not like it, but it's like Jim Carrey is in a whole different movie than anybody else that's in the movie. Like, everybody else is in a Hallmark movie, and, well, Jim Carrey's just in a 1990s Jim Carrey movie. He is going all the way uh, super crazy off the wall, and I guess we'll be getting more of that, because the movie did very well in the theaters before it was pulled because of uh, COVID-19. Uh, but yeah, what would you think of, of Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman performance? Kind of reminds me of um, Eggman from the cartoon, since he's like really, really goofy and zany. He's like a cartoon character. I mean, but do you think it works? Yeah, it works. For what? For the theme of the movie and for um, the tone of the movie, it works. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does. It does make the movie more interesting. Like, there were maybe three things that I found interesting, like, actually interesting about the movie. Uh, Jim Carrey's performance, which was something, yeah, it was just, it was something different. It, it lent a different energy to an otherwise kind of uh, dead movie. You know, not discounting um, Ben Schwartz's performance as Sonic. Oh, what'd you think? We talked about Ben Schwartz. Well, we talked about what you thought of Sonic as, as like a hyperactive yeah. eight-year-old. Uh, ben Schwartz was fun. Actually, when I saw, when I first saw uh, one of the trailers, I thought it was what's that? Uh, John Mulaney, 
I thought it was John Mulaney's voice. You might not know who John Mulaney is, but basically, either Ben Schwartz sounds just like John Mulaney, or Ben Schwartz said, you know, I'm going to do John Mulaney for this, uh, this Sonic performance. Uh, the other thing I found interesting was there was one joke in the movie that I thought was funny when they were trying to introduce the Robotnik character. Uh, they were introducing him as a government spook, like a black ops dude, and they were talking about all the situations where he'd had successful outcomes, and one of the places they mentioned was Azerbaijanistan, which I was like, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's not a real place, and then somebody in the movie said, but that's not a real place, and the, uh, the general was like, and you can thank Dr. Robotnik that it's not, and I thought that was a good joke. I thought that made me laugh, um, and then, then the, um, <clears throat> the lead's wife being a black woman, I thought was, was fun. I, I, I enjoyed that. I don't know how often they have that in kids' movies these days, but they should, because it, it represents America. I do like that, but uh, she was she was kind of a plastic template character, too. Like, I'm not super familiar with Tika Sumter as an actress, but I feel like she could have um, done more. Also, James Marston, um, he's the kind of actor that... Uh, I listen to a podcast called School of Movies, and he refers to the James Marston types as Johnny Templates. They're just like generic cut-and-paste white guy. And James Marston is pretty close to generic cut-and-paste white guy. Like, he's, he's got some... He's getting older, so his attributes... He's got some unique attributes that are all his own, but in this role, like, he's just a guy collecting a paycheck. And I don't see how he couldn't be, because that's how basic the movie is. And then, the I guess, the other other standout character is um, Robotnik's work wife Agent Stone, his uh, his assistant but that's a nothing role basically too. like a doormat yeah he's, he's, he's just a, just a doormat assistant to an evil guy um, your average cartoon assistant I, I hope he got paid well I hope they all got paid uh, very well it's not that I hated the movie I didn't hate the movie because like I said going in I knew it was a, a children's movie for children I just kind of kind of flabbergasted. I was like, why is this movie this movie? Why isn't it something completely different? It having its own fantasy world. So, something that uh, really sparks the imagination. You know, uh, Kung Fu Panda action or you know, even Ready Player One. Uh, something big and fantastical like fantasy. Wanting that, even knowing that that wasn't the movie I was getting might have colored my perceptions of the movie as well. Overall, it's fine. I, I would say, yeah, take your kids to see it. They'll have a good time. If you were 8 or 10, if we had this movie in that period of time, I definitely would have taken you to see it. Uh, I remember the first children's movie that I actually took you to see that was a children's movie, not like a Pixar or a um, DreamWorks movie, was Bolt, which is a Disney product. But Bolt is a movie that is made specifically for children, and I hated it. And uh, this is that kind of thing. So I'm not the audience for it. But uh, I, I didn't want to see I don't even remember it. Bolt very well. There's no reason you should. You were probably uh, too young to, to go see it even at the time. It was a while before you could sit through a movie. But uh, it was... I mean, it's a full-on children's movie. There's no in-jokes, no winking. Um, it's very simple. That kind of uh, road trip characters bonding through a road trip... Uh, making their way home uh, kind of thing and uh, yeah fine fine for kids but yeah like I said just it was nostalgia it was nostalgia that made me want to see it and I'm glad that I could spend some time talking to you about it so 
Do you have anything else that you would like to say about your experience with Sonic the movie or with the Sonic character in general? Not really. The movie was, um, it was fun. It's better than almost every other video game movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I think my favorite video game movie is Silent Hill still. Not super scary, not it's a horror movie, not super scary, but just aesthetically it's really, really effective. It's a, an effective uh, look. The acting, acting is actually very solid in Silent Hill, surprisingly. The first one, not the second one, the sequel to Silent Hill is awful. It is a super bad throwaway movie. But the first Silent Hill is my favorite video game movie, I think. And then after that, probably the original Mortal Kombat or something like that. Which is what Mortal Kombat movie was like eh. Yes, it was it was eh in the big pictures. You, if you compare it against other movies it's eh. But uh, compared against video game movies, it's not not too shabby. Not too shabby at there all. There was a Doom movie at some point with a rock that was terrible. <laughs> uh, the Rock Doom movie was terrible. But hey, it was a rock vehicle, so that's something. He wasn't even um I actually heard a review of that recently, because I don't remember much about it other than it had a first-person scene in it, and after they, they talked about it, I know why I don't remember anything about it, but evidently The Rock was not really The Rock yet in that movie. He wasn't as effective as being the uh, charismatic, all-encompassing on-screen presence, so I, I will probably never revisit that movie. I'll just accept that it's bad, and uh, I'm fine with that, but... Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Um, I just want to say... Thanks for having me. Yeah, th it's a, no problem. We can do this anytime you'd like. Just uh, let me know what you'd like to talk about, and we will uh, get a show together. Before you go, I want you to uh, shout out your very... Because my dude is a media mogul. He has several YouTube channels. So if you want to plug any of your three YouTube channels here, uh, now's the time. I'll just plug in the one. Uh, Sora Builds. It's the name of the channel. Nice, and what, what kind of uh, YouTube channel is Sora Builds? So for the most part, I um, do, um, I take things from like anime and video games, and I try my best to replicate them. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually an incredibly cool channel, like, a lot of YouTube is disposable throwaway content, but Sora Builds is actually building really cool practical things with uh, parts cobbled from 3D printers and other... Uh, just pieces of, of other not, not really practical though. These aren't these aren't practical things. They're just meant to look cool. Practical just means physical. You're you're actually building something. Like a flame sword is not practical in that you can go out and use it in real life, but it's pretty freaking cool that you physically put together a flame sword. That's that's all I'm saying there. Well, it was great talking to you on the show. My handle is Jonathan Blade is the name of the podcast. But my Twitter handle is uh, Janky Old Broke Hobo Spider Man, or Jonathan Blade at Janky Old Broke Hobo Spider Man. So hit me up there, uh, talk at me, get at me, and thanks for listening.